0: I do see uh, specific trends moving forward, um, but I would say all in all, the overarching trend that I'm seeing is that people are no longer interested in this perfect presentation, um, you know, optimally like they want to see behind the scenes they want to be included um so the more that brands bring their clients behind the scenes and or at least integrate them in decisions in the company so that they feel like they're really a part of the community it's more about creating community and not just an audience to talk at
1: welcome back to have a map where we talk all things career i'm your host mamadou Enjad, founder of Events. And we are on, I think, almost episode 38. Um, we've been Zooming through all these podcasts, so super excited for today. Um, but before we get started, I want to introduce one of our international interns, um, Julia. So Julia, say what's up, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Okay, hello. So I'm Julia, I am a PR intern here at InVance. I'm speaking from Brazil right now, and so I'm international interning at the events and i am really happy to be here
1: perfect perfect well thank you so much for joining today um and yeah let's get right into our guests we have amanda calling right outside of philadelphia Um, amanda how are you doing this morning
0: i'm great thanks for asking i'm so excited to be here
1: thank you and just as we get started you know what can you talk to us about a little bit like what is you what would you title yourself? What would you title your career?
0: Yeah, so I am a um, social media strategist. Um, I specialize with organic um, marketing. so I help creative entrepreneurs leverage their social media marketing for their brand specifically. Um, But all in all, I would would call myself an artist, um, a creative, uh, first and foremost, that has been finding my way through different mediums.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, just to, you know, with social media being so vast, we really like for this podcast just to be a behind the scenes look at what do industries look like before, you know, for college students or we have students of life. For them to really get a sneak peek to say, all right, so you do social media. So what does that mean that like you actually do? What does that look like for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So kind of where uh, I work for myself. So as a company of one or solopreneur, my days are loosely scheduled, however I need them to be. Um, But I go from a one-to-one service with my clients where I fully take on their social media platform, whether that is Pinterest or Instagram, and I create a full um, marketing campaign strategy map all the way down to all of the uh, copywriting, copy, graphic design, content creation. Um, I do photo editing, uh, just all of the all of the things um hashtag research hashtagging um seo search engine optimization um and as marketing is it's such a big umbrella that i i have to really understand how email marketing Fits in, or if my client is a um, on e-commerce, and how their kind of strategy and marketing campaigns might differ from someone that is a service-based business or a larger firm. And so this all kind of happens with a big, a big download with my with my clients in the
2: beginning. That's pretty really cool. Um, so how would you say that is a day-to-day life in your solopreneur uh, career?
0: Sure, so day-to-day life, um, I am kind of an early riser, so I like to get up. I like to get all of my client work kind of batched and ready to go. So I usually spend actually the weekends doing all of my copy and graphic design And then, so during the week I am implementing and I have the ability to move within and out the platform. So I am posting stories, I'm commenting back, I'm responding to direct messages, I'm keeping my eyes on all of the analytics and reports throughout the entire day. Um, And then after I am quote unquote done my first wave of content pushing, I normally go into, like learning. So I will, I love taking classes. I love just keep expanding my learning. Like I said, marketing is such a big umbrella. It, it behooves you to just keep pushing and keep learning, um, especially because it's an ever-changing industry. So um, I, that's how I kind of structure my days. Um, I'm currently building a course. Um, I'm transitioning into a course creator education role. So I've been spending the majority of my, Uh, second half of the day and almost entire evening working on my course. So I like to say that I'm kind of starting a business and I'm still running my business at the same time right now. Um, So I'm a bit in creation mode, but I think with just some focused time and understanding, okay, this is creative uh, visual time, and this is copywriting time, this is editing time, strategy time, they're all very different parts of your brain. And so having a good idea of where I'm at that day, if I woke up and scheduled myself for a full day of strategy, but I'm exhausted, I didn't sleep, the dog had to go out, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm gonna kind of re-strategize my, my look of my day. So I'm very, um lucky and privileged that I have that opportunity to do that for myself. I understand that's very rare.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I know how it can be when you're trying to, you know, I'm I'm sure even at the beginning stages of that, figuring out what worked and what didn't work was very tough. So I commend you on that because I know people struggle to find a routine that fits for themselves. And it can be very daunting when trying to implement something new while sticking to your routine. So I get that so, so much. What does your day look like pre-COVID versus kind of now in COVID? Has there been like a major shift or change?
0: It's so interesting that you asked that. I was just thinking about this yesterday and talking about it with a friend. Um, Because I have worked from home, um, my location hasn't quite changed. Um, I did use to utilize a lot of community workspaces um, to connect with people in my industry. Um, I just moved back to Pennsylvania from Chicago. So I was involved in a lot of communities in Chicago and going to coffee shops and making friends and networking. And so that kind of moved itself completely online during COVID, um, which is really wonderful because I have been able to expand my network a lot and more people are online. And more people are utilizing social media now through COVID, um, and they're kind of bringing back that social aspect to it. So for me as a social media strategist, it's my job completely changed because the platform completely changed, like Instagram's culture Started shifting. Um, important social movements were important to be um, taking a stance with and and talking about on social media from a brand perspective. And so I had to kind of put my my PR hat on for a moment and and help these brands navigate um, you know different movements and their brand values so that we're really you know standing up for and taking a stance. Um, and that was. Uh, you know, different than how it normally has been where people don't want to get involved in politics or, or whatnot. And so that was a big um, a big change in kind of the industry as as a whole.
2: Um, I was gonna, like you talked about this. I can see that nowadays people really change themselves in social media. They realize that they needed to be in social media in the first place. And then they uh, began to learn how they would um, behave in the, the environment of social media and i was gonna ask you that like what in your opinion uh what is the first step that a company need to take to have a good online presence that's a
0: great question um i think that it's it's two parts it's knowing yourself as a brand um as an owner of a brand or a brand itself and then also understanding who your Um, ideal clientele is. So having a super, super clear idea on both of these will really help the conversation because anything that you'll be putting out online, especially in social media, it is who that brand is speaking directly to that ideal clientele. And so the more that you can hone in on that message, the clearer they can find you and hear you. And so that's kind of, um, you know, where I come in and I'm like, okay, these parts about your business, they are helping share um, how community involved you are or helping share this. And so it's about looking and moving down. What do you want people I guess the first question I I, I like to ask people when I'm working with them is what do you want people to know and know about you when they get on your social media platform? What's the first reaction? Do you want them to think that you are um, friendly, optimistic, um, involved in community, um, sustainable? Like, What are those core values that you want someone to see? Is it humorous? Is it um, kind of witty is it? Tongue in cheek? Like how is the um, how is this kind of dinner party that you've decided to create? It's less of a soapbox and more of a party kind of culture that you create on your own page. So, what is the vibe that you want to create for your audience in general?
1: And let's talk about even you know since we're really into the weeds with this. I want to talk about how you even got to this space because you know for a lot of students and just people in general, finding a career that you love, that you're interested in is pretty tough. Um, so for you, if you backtrack a little bit, how did you initially know you wanted to get into this space?
0: That's a that's a great question. Um, so I am a, um, like I said, I love learning. I'm a naturally curious person. Um, I went to school for I went to an art school so I went to a fine art school in Philadelphia and I got my degree in metalsmithing and computer aided design for jewelry and so um when I graduated it was like this moment like okay now what uh Uh, do I start applying for, I feel like I don't have any experience. All these jobs need like three years of bench work. And what am I doing? Do I want to do this? And so, you know, I started just honestly following whatever was the most exciting and interesting to me. And that led me to metalsmithing in Austin, Texas. So I was working in Austin for a few years. Um, I left metalsmithing and went into um, interior design. I started working in luxury interior design and I was at that point at my career transition out of jewelry from my major, it was it was really hard because everyone was expecting me to keep doing jewelry, Um, but I I saw that they had you I saw that interior design utilized CAD I thought that it would be a more social type of job that I could excel more or that would be more exciting and more invigorating for me as a person and just to learn, and so I was working in luxury interior design for about three years in Austin and. At that point, I had I had been doing some social media, but when I was in college, social media wasn't quite the marketing, uh, you know, dinosaur, <laughs> like it's huge now, it's a huge, the elephant in the room, right? And so um, it wasn't quite there yet, but I was interested in it. And when I was working in interior design, we tried to hire a social media manager and realized that we couldn't quite find anyone that understood the language that we were speaking in um, to describe interior design and the type of work. And so that was really interesting to me. And I thought, wow, there's really, you know, a space for that. And so when I left, I was uh, working in events and partnerships. So that was previously to what I'm doing now. I kind of got, really obsessed with social media digital marketing PR Um, it was I was just like oh my gosh give it all to me this is amazing I had never been exposed to it before because I was in art school and I didn't take any marketing classes because I didn't quite see myself as this um, more intellectual brainy person but I was like wow this is incredible I love this Um, And so I just started taking so many courses and classes and really diving into it. And so when I was doing events and um, managing partnerships, um, I left that job and decided um, I kind of started applying a couple places like, okay, I'll do events and um, maybe I'll go back into design, interior design. I loved that. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not sure what kind of, I woke up and just said, you know, I haven't been working for a couple weeks and I've just been waking up and and doing work and, and this feels good to me. I feel like I'm settling into my rhythm and so I decided to start working for myself and that was in 2019. Um, So it was a big scary jump. I didn't know anyone doing that, um, but I mean, it's been wonderful ever since.
1: That's so beautiful. Like, I think that is... You know, what we try to talk about all the time within our program of just saying, like, following your senses and, like, kind of taking your life experience to get you to where you want to go. And, you know, especially with social media, I feel like it's like a microwave era where everybody thinks like things just happen so instantly. And sometimes, you know, it's more of like a slow, Oven roast where it takes time to get to where you want to be in your career Um, and I think that is the beautiful thing about that because all those experience i'm sure. tie into what you do even day to day like figuring out your schedule figuring out what you want to talk about understanding a brand's position and how they want to be viewed is so important and you don't get those tools and understand that until you've worked in those spaces, and you know. I think that's one thing that is amazing about just going through this journey of life.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I think that it's um, really imperative for me, at least, to keep um, pushing new things for my brain to learn and keep following things that are interesting to me. Um, and that doesn't go to say that I won't ever, you know, do some interior design for a friend on the side, but having all of the knowledge really helps me, especially as I'm taking on clients, understand their type of business and their industry. Um, I have jewelry clients and interior design clients that, you know, I feel we really understand each other and I have a really deep understanding of where and vision of where they're going and who they're speaking with.
2: So, uh, about this large range of clients you have, what is a, your favorite project or campaigns you get to do with your clients? That's a
0: great question. Um, you know, it's favorites. Um, you know, it really depends on like what is going on. I've worked on some really amazing launches um, from a sustainable fashion brand um, to, you know, just new projects coming out for my interior design clients. Um, I have one client that has been with me since the beginning, beginning. So she's been with me almost the entire time and um, her company has been exploding at the same time that I've been learning and growing. And so seeing these behind the scene images of homes that she's been working on or renovating or building for the past, you know, two and a half years and seeing them come to fruition from the back end, I'm not really in the company, but I'm sort of in the company. And so watching these things take place and getting to uh, kind of tease it through to the public and have kind of a new project um, exciting reveal is is one of my favorite things because I get to hold um, space for that new project and I get to present it to the world in a really nice storytelling way and kind of craft that as a campaign in itself. And so those are probably my favorites.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And with social media, What do you see as far as like the evolution in it? Because, you know, we see Instagram and I remember previous to Instagram, you know, Facebook and all these things. And how do you how do you kind of see social media evolving and changing?
0: That's a great question and something that I think about pretty much every day, (laughs) every day of my life. Um, I do see uh, specific trends moving forward um, but I would say all in all the overarching trend that I'm seeing is that people are no longer interested in this perfect presentation um, you know optimally like they want to see behind the scenes they want to be included. Um, so the more that brands bring their clients behind the scenes and or at least, integrate them in decisions in the company so that they feel like they're really a part of the community. It's more about creating community and not just an audience to talk at. So the more that um, companies start to do that, the more kind of realistic things are coming out on social media. It's less photo touching. It's less, um, you know, face tuning and things like that for influencers out there. And I think that it's important to keep a pulse on that. Um, as something specific, I think video is going to be, you know, it, it's like really skyrocketing for content right now. So I, I would say that for me personally, my focus is, um, you know, educating myself on video editing and understanding how to create, um, like in interactive and integrated video within my marketing campaigns for myself and for my clients so I do see that as a big um trend that is moving on up um how I think that will be translated into different platforms I'm not sure but as we know there are little movements throughout um the year that kind of shifts the culture like the Twitter culture is totally different than Instagram and people hanging out in these different spaces it's like um I like to say it's almost like a um, you walk down a street and there's a party at every house and each house is their own social media platform. So I'm like, where is your client hanging out? Are they going to the Pinterest house or are they going to the Facebook house? Like, where do they kind of party, right? Like, where are they going to? Um, and so I think that each of these homes will evolve in their own way. And I think that we just have to kind of keep a pulse on what we see trending or not trending like what types what objectively what types of content am i seeing a lot am i seeing a lot of graphics am i seeing a lot of video and so forth so i would say video and transparency and you know um creating a really good brand culture and um reliability behind it
1: no, I think that's really great advice. And I like your unique perspective on like the party and like the dinner table. I think that's very like witty and cool. And it makes it something that's very digestible and understanding um, for your clients. So one of my, my last questions that I will have for you kind of is for those who are interested in going this freelance route um, and building a company for themselves how do you go about getting clients? Because I feel like that's the toughest part um, for a lot of people. And once you get over that hump, you kind of know how to do it and you can tweak and alter it as you go along. Um, And I know that's been, you know, something we, you know, are constantly working on and shifting and rediscovering new areas to innovate and build opportunities within. But for you in social media, what does that look like?
0: So it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard in the beginning. It's like really revving up that engine, but, um, you know, I'm a massive action type of girl. So if I want to get something done, it, it there, it's just how there's no, like, you know, maybe I I'll do that. No, it's like, I, if I set a goal for myself and that's what I need, um, I pretty much set a goal, like, okay, well, I only have this much money, so I need to make rent by, you know, October. So how many clients do I need by October? I need four clients by October. And it was like, great. And it was just like really hands in, like going and hustling. So I was, you know, posting a lot on Instagram. I was integrated in Facebook groups. I was on LinkedIn. I was messaging friends um, that have businesses. I was messaging friends that might have friends that have businesses. Um, You know, I wasn't trying to be too spammy. I wanted to still create this, um, you know, like a very specific reach out where I was offering services. Um, In the beginning, I actually did a lot of free work so that I could not only hone in my skills, but I could practice um, the language between what I knew and what my client knows and what language they were using. Um, as well as creating a portfolio for myself and creating testimonials for myself in order to, you know, share with that with a prospective client saying, well, um, you know, I would love to work on your campaigns. I had a very similar client to you. This is the, um, you know, return on investment that we got for her, um, you know, campaign marketing and, and so on and so forth. So it was really interesting in that way. Um, I would say now I mainly move on referrals, so I'm really lucky in that way. Um, it always just tends to roll in right when I, right when I'm like maybe I could take another, and then all of a sudden I've got you know an inbox request. So I think that being understanding of your capacity is is key. And also um, keeping yourself super organized on the back end, just because it's you doesn't mean that you don't need a standard operating procedure. And, you know, your LLC set up correctly, like those parts are really important um, in order to scale and grow um, throughout.
1: Yeah. And before Julia, you jump in, I just wanted to highlight some of the stuff you you talked about um, for some of our listeners. One of the things is networking. Networking is so huge. So for those people listening, make sure you always work on your network because like Amanda was saying, at first you put yourself out there, let people know, but then now she's at the point where referrals just come in and she's done the Due diligence and the laid the foundation for her to just consistently start to get clients because her work is consistently out there. The other thing that you talked about is doing some stuff for free, which a lot of people kind of gawk at. And you know, not everyone is okay with that. But what it does is you said it starts to build a language. And what you start to what you have to understand with working with clients is when you build a language, you have to understand how do I communicate what I know in a way that is simple and makes sense and is digestible for your client? Um, and, and, you know, relating it to like the dinner table, the houses, like relating it to everyday things like that takes time that you test that out. That's not just a you know, I just got that off the top of my head. Um, and then one of the last things is scaling because everybody wants a client, but then you get that client and it might be a little disheveled, but you have to have an operating uh standard for yourself even though you feel like you internally know yourself you still need to work that out and really um practice that and and let that come to fruition so I just want to break that down for our listeners too but thanks
2: um about this part of know yourself well how are some self-care practice you have in your day-to-day life that keep you like you are your own boss how do you keep this uh in your routine it can be like hard sometimes like I don't want to uh, you say that you have this um, freedom to I, I don't I'm, I don't have the mind to work on the strategics today. I can do another thing. So how are some self-care practices that keep you on the line? You're so
0: right. Self-care is so important. Um, I wish I knew that when I started. Honestly, it was a one of those learn as you go um, get into some burnout modes and then regroup yourself. Um, right now, I, I because I just moved to Pennsylvania, I, I have, from a city perspective, now I'm kind of in like a suburb. And so I have been using all of my self-care time as gardening and working on my yard and just, you know, looking up flowers and plants in my backyard. And so making sure that I am off of a screen and away from my phone for a minute, um, that is my self-care for a moment. I I love being on the internet, but it can get, you know, really draining when you're constantly um, taking in content because you're not only ingesting content, you're also analyzing it um, on in your head. Like, okay, what is this? Is this trending? How do they do this? And and so it can get quite tiring for my mind. And so I like going outside. I like gardening, um, like taking my dog on walks. Um, I would say pretty much the best thing that I did for myself was start meditating before I work. And so every day I kind of just sit in my chair. I do maybe even just five minutes. Like it's not anything crazy. And when my mind is particularly racing, I just use um, my Calm app, which is great. And I sit down and I do a focus or um, a different type of specific uh meditation and that is what helps me tune in to what do I have today is this resonating with me today is my body in this am I here or am I somewhere else in my head you know really getting clear with myself um okay you've got a lot of creative work today you're good can you shut the phone down? Like, how can you, can you work outside? How can you like really get your um, wellness integrated within? And so I think that that's really key. And making sure that you take a lunch break. It's like, why is that the hardest thing? I don't know, but I feel like it's the hardest thing for most people that work from home. You just keep going. So taking a lunch break is like number one for me.
2: I think that it's the most important is to know when to stop right, especially us like marketing and PR stuff, we always have to uh, see what's training now and sometimes it gets too overwhelming. And I think that uh, realizing that you need to stop and maybe do some time off on your phone like is really uh, like is a small effort, but you can have like great fruits with it. And I was going to ask you that you mentioned before about transparency in the companies and I feel like nowadays people like, I don't know in the States, but in Brazil, we have a few companies. They are super cool online and they are super, um, they use slang and they they, they build an image that is a, a nice company and a lot of people want to work there because of this. But when you're going to see what they really do, they are not a good company. They are not good for the environment, they are not good for the employers. So I was gonna ask you like how you can make sure that you're, um, you, are, you are promoting a company that is really that company, like you're not promoting a lie. That's kind of strong how, when you put like that, but how make sure you're not doing something that is not that nice. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true.
0: I think that um, each brand and each company has a social responsibility to the community and the public when they put out information. Um, and so I think that keeping informed as a consumer is also really important. So when you're consuming content, um, if you hear a statistic like Where is that from? Where is that statistic from, right? Or asking a sustainable fashion brand, why is it sustainable? Like, what makes this ethical? Who is getting paid for making this? Where is this being made? Who is making this shirt or who is making these pants? And I think that um, being educated as a consumer and also asking the right questions as a social media strategist or manager or marketer. Um, because there's nowhere to hide. Like if I'm asked, like if I'm going to be working with a company, I'm really going to dig in there and keep asking questions because it's the more transparent I am with their audience, the more they get to know it. So, I mean, there wouldn't really be any, any way for them to be able to lie to me. Um, if you just keep, you know, making sure that you have, those questions answered, um, and making sure that they resonate with you. Um, I have found the hardest clients and hardest campaigns I've worked on were just brands that weren't necessarily something I felt incredibly excited about. I wasn't one of their type of people that they would market towards. um, and I wasn't quite the type of person that they they were and so that is where the communication and so i feel like now where i am in my business i have a much more clear idea of understanding the types of businesses that i really want to associate myself with and work with and that i feel um ethically right doing um versus those companies like you said that can create a really cool culture and then you look behind the curtain and you're like wait a second this product isn't even really that good or is this all marketing? And I think that everyone's had that experience where they're getting hit over the head with a Facebook ad. They finally get that thing and they're like, okay, well, this is just a thing. It hasn't like changed my life, right? And so I think that being um, aware on both ends is really important.
2: Beautifully
1: said. Um, And as we kind of wrap up, What is something that someone can do starting tomorrow that can put them in the trajectory? I can't see trajectory to get to uh, get into the social media industry um, that you think has worked well for you.
0: Yeah. So something someone can do tomorrow is to. You know, message people that are doing what you want to do, ask them what courses they took, ask them um, where they can start learning and getting really active on social media. So if you're just using it as a personal account, but you're interested in what it would be like as a business, change your account to a business account. Look at what types of analytics are in the back end, right? Like poke around, look at profiles of different types of people, put your um, feelers out there in different industries. So you can see what these different industries, what the culture is like, what the c- types of content are, um, and keep learning, like keep just pushing for learning. Like I have done courses with several type of one-on-one um, course creators, but I've also taken lots of courses on Udemy, Skillshare, um, Coursera. I've taken a couple um uh, side courses like that are just available online from Google. Like Google has a really amazing social media marketing program. They also have you can get um, your certification through Google Analytics. Like moments like that, I would say start there. Like just go in and say like, what's a free course I can take right now? And once you take that course, what was the most interesting part about it? Look that up. Take a course on that. What was the most interesting part about that? Keep going. Keep following it. Um, my number one advice is to just keep learning things that are interesting to you. After you graduate, as you have a job, when you don't have a job, um, for me, education is a long, is a lifelong pursuit. Um, because I mean that that's just like what I love doing, and I would say that that is what keeps me um, flowing and moving throughout my life and following um, my passions to create a job for myself. Really,
1: I was inspiring. You may, I'm, I'm gonna go take a course myself because I haven't done it for a while. So, no, that's really good. Um, And, yeah, my last question for you is if you had to, and this is for all of us, we're all going to answer this, but if you had to describe the last few days or week that you've had in a song, maybe an artist, or a specific album, what would that be and why?
0: I I had... thinking like, as you were saying, okay, I should definitely just say my favorite album. And then I'm like, what song am I playing though? Because, um, so my answer first, my favorite album that I, that I love to just, I I could just listen to all the time is In Rainbows by Radiohead. Love that album. Um, not the newest one, but I saw it live when I was like in, when I was younger and I love it. Um, But I tend to be that person that is like obsessed with one song and I just kind of replay it over and over again and I never get sick of it. And so I've been listening to um, Call Me By Your Name all week, (laughs) just like my absolute favorite right now. So that's been my song on repeat for the week. But my long term answer, favorite album would definitely be uh, Radiohead in Rainbows.
1: Love that. Love that. Julia, what about you?
2: I totally relate about the obsession part i have one favorite album that is parachute from coldplay that is not like really uh like uplifting songs but i really feel good listening to it especially shiver is my favorite song i feel i could listen to it on repeat like over and over again i would never get tired of uh it's my comfort album but lately i would say uh some more uh, the, the latest album of Lana Del Rey, uh, Chemtrail over, I'm, I don't know, I forgot the name, but the latest album of Lana Del Rey is really good and I'm, I tried to listen it a few times, but I haven't had the time to listen again because I, I like to <laughs> like uh, really listen over and over again, but I, I just uh, listened to it in the day that it was uh, launched. But my favorite album of my life is Parachute's Coldplay, the best one. I don't think they are ever going to do that again.
1: (laughs) That is a great answer. I love that. I've been um, listening to jazz while working. um, And there's this guy, his name is Charles Mingus. Um, And he has this, I have to look up the name of the song, because it's a weird name, but it's called Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. Um, And I made my girlfriend listen to it, because it's a really, I think it's like seven minutes. Um, But I was just like, wow, this song reminds me of you. And she was like, really? And then she listened to it for like a minute, and she was like, eh, I don't know. But I tried to describe it to her. I told her it was, you know, the different ebbs and flows. And it was it was beautiful at the end of the day. And um, I really am liking jazz and just kind of like audio, instrumental things, um, especially with working. I feel like that helps me rather than listening to a song because otherwise I'm like rapping or singing along to the song and distracting myself from what I'm trying to get done. You relate to that, Amanda? I could. Yeah,
0: that's that's very relatable. I would say, I yeah, I I do love singing along to music like pretty loudly when I'm doing creative work. Um, I put my headphones on so and I, I can't hear myself. <laughs> my poor boyfriend has to hear me. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of the instrumental music that I listen to is a lot of like mantras mm. and meditation music. Um. I don't know why. I just really love it. Um, but I've heard that that's weird that I do that. <laughs> I love mantras, though. It's beautiful. And all, it as good vibes. I have no idea what anyone is saying, but it feels good. And I can't sing along, so I can't mess up my copywriting.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, You know I think you shared so many jewels and knowledge for our listeners so we always like to just give people a round of applause and thank them as they come on here um that's what we do at our internship program so thank you so much for jumping on Amanda.
0: Thank you so much for having me I'm so flattered and super happy to you know provide any sort of information um, any of your listeners are, are welcome to send me a message, um, direct message on my Instagram or send me an email, anything I'm always open for a coffee chat and for advice and, and any specific advice. So that's absolutely open to any one of your listeners for sure.
1: Amazing. And where can people find you?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I live over on Instagram, so you can catch me at, um, it, my handle is a m v i e on v so it's like a combo of my first and last name and my uh email is just amanda amandalvns.com and so people can mostly find me over on instagram and very soon i'll be having a course of my own coming out so if anyone's interested in learning the way that i do my stuff they're welcome to come on over to my course that will be launching um late spring early summer
1: amazing and we'll make sure to pub on our end for you on that as well so can definitely do that.
0: So great. Thank you guys so much. It was so lovely to meet you both. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. And thank you to our listeners. So whether this is your morning routine, your evening routine, or the routine within your lunch break, uh, we appreciate you all listening. So skr skirt, we're out. Right.